Hi, and welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. My name is Aaron Kavanagh, and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. This is our website's podcast, where we interview people from various artistic disciplines. These episodes are sometimes full-length interviews from our site's articles, and other times exclusives. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. And if you're new here, thanks for checking us out. We hope you'll like it and stick around with us. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with Jerry Norman of the Belfast band Pink Slips. Jerry discusses creating the band after being in a series of successful acts. Working as a solo artist, the band's debut single, moved from Tallaght to Sligo to Edinburgh to Belfast and the music scenes in each of those places, and more. Very good. Right, so... You're from fucking Kilimanjaro. I was um, all born... Oh, nice, nice, yeah. All born, and uh, <laughs> so I I, uh, I left Tallow when I was uh, like six, so I grew up in Sligo. Okay. But I always have a, I always have a reason to go back to Tallow every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Funerals these days. Mostly. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Getting to that time of fucking time of your life where it's like you, you see you see all your relatives at fucking weddings and funerals. That's right. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> What's the story? I'm grabbing on yourself. Good. Cheers for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about actually, uh, like, uh, first of all, I want to talk about like how you actually got into music yourself. Like, what made you want to become a musician? Um, I got into music because I didn't know what else to get. I, I didn't have a passion in life outside of football. Right. And I was, I was, it was very worrying for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I didn't, I didn't, wasn't really into music when I was in school or like, uh, wasn't definitely not playing music. I only got my first guitar when I was 18. Mm. I was into art and design and uh, I was in design college in Sligo. And then that's when I got my first guitar. Um, so I've always been quite creative and, um, but I just, I kind of started to find my people at the age of 15 to, to 18 and, uh, because other than that, up to that, it was just I grew up in a, a housing estate where if you were allowed to play football, uh, which I did, I loved. But, you know, there wasn't too many alternative guys in in the estate that I grew up in. Right. And if you are, you were a fucking hippie and uh, you'd probably get a hard time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then in college, I found I found my people. I found my my people and uh, I wasn't just the, the weirdo anymore. And um Got into it after that. I, I didn't take me long. I was only playing for about three or four months, and I was like, "That's it. I'm I'm the next Damien Rice." And uh, <laughs> me and the girlfriend moved to Edinburgh. She's an artist. Uh, I'm a musician, so there wasn't Sligo wasn't going to be the place for us, you know. Right. <laughs> Unless you're a trad or jazz, Sligo's great for that. But yeah. not, uh, <laughs> uh, so that that's pretty much that's 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 how it started. And I kind of um, I think because I got into it so late, I always still feel kind of fresh. And I, I was a bit of a rebel growing up. Like if 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 Music was the one thing that my parents didn't try to get me to do because they weren't music people at all. Yep. So they, they tried to push me. I, I was working with plumbers and tilers and carpenters and just everything because that's what they knew. Right. Uh, but I was a bit of a rebel. I, 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 had to, I had to find it myself. And because I found it myself, I just loved it. It was my little thing. So uh, and I still have that over them because they don't they still don't really know, you know they want to do more football. <laughs> well, yeah, it happened it happened very organically. Um, we we have we have musicians in the family in the Dublin side of the family, and yeah. uh, but um, 
no real kind of no real songwriters or band members. I think I was the the, the first one there, but yeah, I always have to be a little bit different. <laughs> so um like did you did you actually because you said uh, it was around 18 when you went to college and started getting into uh playing music was it um with the was it uh, to join the band or was it just coincidental time not at all not at all never thought i'd join the band um i just got an acoustic guitar um for christmas and about three months later i was able to play good riddance by green day Mm-hmm. And it just blew my fucking mind. I was like, "Holy shit, I'm actually making music!" Yeah. Um. And yeah. And then there was a, there was an amazing open mic in Sligo, um, that we used to play, and it was like, it was not your average open mic. Like people actually listened, and right. it was a dark room, uh, candlelit tables, and a host, and it was like cabaret almost. It was. It was. And but people really listened. So my introduction to performing. My very very first time was it, it was like you were doing a proper gig. Yeah. Um I, yeah. Yeah. So um you were saying like when you were like about fifteen or so, you were kind of like um sort of getting in getting into music like as as a listener, I guess. Like uh, what yeah. were you kind of like listening to? What kind of like inspired you in terms of like what you well, I remember um my dad bought OK Computer by mistake. Okay. Because he thought creep was on it. All right. <laughs> and he was like, this is shit. I don't want it. <laughs> and uh, I remember having a CD Walkman. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> and we were going to Dublin on one of our many trips to Tala. Um, in the early years, we would go home a lot more often yeah. uh, to see the family. And then um, I remember the headphones looking at the car and the, sl- the drive from Sligo to Dublin listening to OK Computer being like, <laughs> yeah what the fuck this is not this is not Westlife this is not yeah <laughs> even you know the Beatles was probably the coolest band I listened to back then because my sister listened to the Beatles but in my house it was um, Garth Brooks you know it's a typical Irish fucking house it was Garth Brooks Oasis mm-hmm. you know Westlife Celine Dion that was pretty much it uh, with the, you know, the odd kind of Michael Jackson thing or something but um, yeah listen to Radiohead and then I, I started hanging out with the kind of the the freaks and geeks in Summerhill College uh, and they were just they were all into bands like yeah. cool bands, and they were introduced me to stuff like that and remember um, Alanis Morissette and Jagged Little Pill and R.E.M. Nirvana all that stuff started coming and I'd never really been introduced to this stuff before and blew my tiny little mind uh, <laughs> and then that was it I just pretty much yeah kind of lost the love of um um playing football because uh, it was just too competitive. I lost my competitive edge and I just thought music is something that you can be just competitive with yourself because it's such a subjective thing. It's not like you're going to win the league. You know, it's, yeah, you like it or you fucking don't. And chances are, if you don't like it, someone else is going to like it. And I was like, I like that. I like that side of life. And yeah, uh, yeah so I, I, I lost my... I liked it. I liked the fact that it wasn't a competitive thing. As I said, I grew up very, very competitive. And I just... Mm-hmm. I I I uh, found a world that was the exact opposite, and I, I and I loved that. But yeah, about fifteen, about fifteen and sixteen, started. so it was pretty much a late bloomer. But yeah, I was a late bloomer. Yeah, mentally, physically, everything. <laughs> so kind of it uh, it was apt. What was the kind of like uh like music scene like there in Sligo? Did you have any gigs to go to, or did you have to kind of travel to Dublin to go see shows? 
you know what was great about Sligo? It actually did because there was a pub in in, in Sligo called McGarrigals, and we were mm. just blessed to have it. Like so, again, that age where I was becoming a you know uh, going into town to drink and all. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so you're Dublin. So basically, say if you wanted to go see Bell X One back in the day, you'd have to go to the the the, the big dig at the Point Depot, right? Mm-hmm. But for them, what bands like them, the Frames and Snow Patrol and Damien Rice, you know, Paddy Casey, they'd all do a tour of like say Cypress Avenue in Cork. They come up to Belfast. They do Galway. They do Roaching Gov and Dublin Galway, and they do McGarrigals and Sligo. So we got to see all the bands in a in a room that could you know 150 people and it's full on the same tour that they're playing the Point Depot in Dublin. So actually, they've, it, and that's that's not there anymore. It's like the Sligo music, there's there's not too many places, small venues for people to play anymore. Like I haven't lived in Sligo 20 years. That doesn't really bother me too much. But when I was there, it actually was you know you you know you could get to see the frames and Josh Ritter come into town and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of kind of kind of lucky actually. Yeah, that's sick, man. Um, yeah, and like in general, like what about like even just buying because, like, you know, this is like the era of CDs and stuff. Like, yes. did you have like alternative record shops or was it just kind of like HMV, the big ones or stuff? Well, like we that? did again, lucky enough. I, the thing about Sligo is it does have a lot of musicians, but as I say, it's the trad, right? Jazz kind of scene. But in saying that, we, we did with we, a couple of great um record shops. I actually think the record shop was called the record shop. <laughs> 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 I think it was but yeah like I remember going in you know when you had to take a punt on an album like because you couldn't yeah. just go on Spotify so and when you're a kid I remember I think I paid £16 for um Tom Petty's anthology mm-hmm. and I was like fuck I have to like it you can't just return it saying this is shit yeah. Uh, so yeah I, I was bad into greatest hits and anthologies back in the day I know I got like uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Tom Petty and uh a uh, Green Day, remember uh, what was their international super hits? Yeah. I was bought at the Green Day back in the day, and um, so it did. It did have a pretty cool record shop, but at the time I was still, you know, I, I was still kind of like getting greatest hits albums rather than specific albums. Yeah. You know, we're, we're now I'm a bit more of a snob. I'd be like, you know, I'd have to get a certain album and let's do it back to finish. But um, no, Sligo, Sligo was good like that, and. Even though it was a minority, there was still enough. There was still enough music fans, and there was underage gigs and stuff like that. And um, there was a good alternative scene that I know there was a kind of an alternative nightclub that we used to go to, uh called Soup or something like that. And it would play Metallica and even Jeff Buckley and stuff like that. So it was, it, and this was before the internet was really big. So it was good to have that. And I, my wife is very alternative as well. So I remember I met her when I was eighteen. She's an artist and into really cool music as well so getting into her her friend group was a big thing for me because i was able to actually talk to people about because the other guys that i still still mates with um just thought i was a bit of a weirdo okay. for knowing who jeff buckley was and wanting to go to <laughs> fucking oxygen at the summer you know what i mean and now and now everyone's fucking at it all the footballers are they're, they're all going to electric picnic but buying their tickets before they even know who's playing but yeah <laughs> yeah but um what i was gonna say is like um like yeah, that's like like cool that like, like you had that kind of like uh scene still like um and yeah so like in general then when when it kind of came to like where so so sorry so were you you didn't go to college in Sligo you moved um no I went to college in Sligo yeah 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 so were you doing like um music with uh, other musicians there or was it just solo stuff at that time 
no solo stuff and uh that, that so that open mic um it was all just it was solo and that's that's where i met the guy who i would eventually actually be in a band with for for years and years he was he did the same open mic um but it, i i know it was never a plan on me to be in a band and then he was like oh do you want to do you want to come for a jam yeah and the thing is like when you're playing by yourself you don't really have to keep too much you keep time too much because no one notices so when you play with uh, with a band for the first time you kind of have to shape up but that's how you get good at music as well anyway but we did a thing we um we got a band together and we supported a couple of cool bands uh turn you know turn i don't know that stuff, man. ah you gotta check out turn man they're fucking yeah. great <laughs> uh they're not uh they're not too active anymore but they're a dublin dublin based band okay um and we always said that you know we 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 start a serious band in the future if we ever got the opportunity. So he moved to Belfast to study architecture. And then um and I moved to Edinburgh and then he was like, the scene here is fucking amazing. If you if you did want to move over, it would be a good time. I sure did and I just do that. That's good enough for me. Bit of a drift there just kind of go and and the Belfast scene was absolutely amazing. It's still not too bad, but when I moved here first of all it was absolutely amazing. When when was that been? Oh, 2006, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, so I'm here quite a while, or five, I would say, maybe. Um, and and then, even at that stage, I had an acoustic guitar. We were we were going, going to be more like Bell X1 in the frames kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then we ended up being a pretty fucking heavy rock band, and then Pink Slips now is, is even heavier than, yeah. than that band. So we're kind of, because we always found it hard to pigeonhole ourselves, because we, we wrote acoustic songs and piano songs and rock songs, and... And people didn't know what the hell we were. So I was like starting this new band. I was like, right, guys, we're, uh, oh, no, what do we call ourselves? We call ourselves an, an anthemic rock band. Okay. <laughs> which would we think it implies it's uh, loud and hard <laughs> rocking as well. <laughs> well, actually, well, like, um, yeah, when you kind of like the Belfast scene, like, I think it's like uh, really interesting. I don't, I don't get to actually speak to too many artists from Belfast. I spoke to a few ah. actually. Um, as much as I'd like to, um, I've spoken to Brother Vice, and I don't remember if many else. Um, ah, right. Well, I think it's like cool about like um, like the Belfast scene when I was looking at it. Like I remember, like, um, and you don't really see it anymore. It kind of sucks, but when like international artists would play uh, Ireland, they would always do Dublin and Belfast. Yeah, and yeah. Now, they just seem to do Dublin, or they'll tend to. I know it's like Limerick is getting pretty big as a as a spot for touring acts, and and um, uh, Cork as well. Um. Yeah, but I remember like it used to be like the, oh, if if an act came to Ireland, it was always Dublin and Belfast were the two cities you say with here, and you could always see like you know, um, you could always see like you know the the comparison of venues. So for example, if a band played the Olympia in Dublin, they played the Ulster Hall in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. If a band played the Academy in Dublin, they played like uh, Mandela. The Hall Empire. Or like yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, always like yeah, you yeah. can kind of tell, and like, but I think uh, I think Belfast actually, in comparison, to Dublin actually has a few more kind of like. Um, interesting venues that like ah. kind of we're, we're missing as well like you know for example they have to the kind of um do the king's hall which i think is pretty inactive actually at the moment but it like, is it's closing down yeah unfortunately yeah. but like that, that's such a great there. space like you know what i mean it was good i think it kind of became more of a conference type thing but yeah. and then as the i think um the waterfronts was probably a similar yeah. Capacity. So, but there's yeah, the Belfast is great. It's got um anything from a hundred capacity venues right up to the SSC arena, mm-hmm. and um, it's yeah, it it it, it is nice because I know there are there are definitely and Belfast struggled with it before, but it seems to just have a nice little 
you know, if you start off here, there's your 100 capacity venue, then there's 200, and then there's the three. Yeah. And, there's a great uh, gradual kind of building. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're at the start of that journey now because we're all, we're, we're all in previous bands who are quite well known. Right. Uh, in the scene, but we're literally just starting from scratch. We're not, we're not, um, we're not trying to continue that at all. It's like, yeah. right, that's 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 all in the past. Um, did some did did some great things, but we're a brand new band, so we're starting off. And I know the promoter was suggesting to do like a three hundred capacity venue, and we're like, we get, we haven't had a fucking proper gig in Belfast. We'll get there. Let's just yeah. relax. We'll do a hundred capacity <laughs> and have fun and fill it and have a big fucking rock show and uh later in the year we're 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 in no rush i think the the advantage you have when you're a bit older starting a band is that you don't have the idea of just taking over the world which is what we all did in our previous bands you know but that takes the pressure off and you can just relax and enjoy the journey a bit more because i think younger bands they just don't have the patience that we do yeah and they just want to be playing the biggest venue in the next six months and they want to be playing Reading and Leeds and all this stuff, yeah. um, which is great. And I've been there and done that. Um, so it's nice to it's nice to be able to have that experience and be like, actually, you know what? It's a lot more fun if you just play the smaller venues and fill them up rather than book the Empire and get 200 people into it. And it's half a candy. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Creating a really good atmosphere, whether it's in a small room or a big one. Like that's one thing I've, I've learned over the years is I'd much rather play a small room that's full of people than a room twice as big with the same amount of people so ah. also more kind of uh, appreciative uh, crowd too because you know I, I find like um, once you kind of like start getting bigger I, I this was something I've observed but like you get like the super fans kind of at the front and they're going like yeah. ape shit and so but then you just get a lot of people at the back just kind of like you know somewhat into it right <laughs> exactly and you know what it's I mean <laughs> That's another thing I, I I used to be like, everyone in the room has to be going fucking mental or else yeah. as a front man, I'm not doing my fucking job, you know? Yeah. But then you, you observe so many gigs and it's like 5% of the audience are the ones who are going ape shit at the front. Right. Most people, it doesn't matter how heavy your song is, they'll just be kind of bobbing their head anyway. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've come to accept that and then I'm, I quite enjoy just maybe just one big moment at the end and I'll, you know, because I do enjoy uh, like being a, uh, a front man and, you know, we did a gig at the weekend there in the, this is a venue up here called the Oh Yeah Music Centre. Yeah, I know. Yep. And uh, Osco. So me and David from Pink Slips, it was uh, and 30 years from Nirvana's Unplugged album. Mm. So we um we played the album start to finish and the place was full. Uh, we did it with a load of other acts from here, and uh and at the end of the gig we did we did smells like Teen Spirit just for the crack and I got them up fucking hard. <laughs> but that was for the last two minutes of of an hour long gig. You know what I mean? I think if yeah. you if you're trying to do that from the beginning, you know you're that's a tough job keeping them going for an hour. So <laughs> you, you, you need to be quite clever. It's like, all right, all right, two minutes towards the end, we'll get them. And then that, that's when I get everybody to take their photos out for the video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually the kind of cool thing about the, oh yeah, I haven't been there, but if, if I'm correct, they also serve as kind of like a, kind of a, a, a music museum as well. Simultaneously. Yeah. So they have like, um, I, I remember, I think it was therapy posted, like I think it was yeah. Andy Cairns from therapy posted like some of the stuff they, uh, their band donated to the, oh yeah. And it's just like, it seems like a really cool history of like, um, kind of yeah. uh, music in, uh, in Ulster, I guess. Yeah. It's worth checking out if you're, if you're ever up here, because um, I'd love it, to, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a hub. It's a venue. There's a couple of 
there's a guitar repair shop. There's a couple of labels. There's um, that's sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. I love that idea of just having it all in one kind of central yeah. hub like that. That's like really. That's yeah. That was it. That was Gary Lightbody from Snow Patrol and a few of his buds. Yeah. And came up with that idea. Actually, it was around the time when I moved here because I remember seeing Gary Lightbody and Lisa Hannigan walking down the street hand, hand in hand. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, a super fan of both of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And it turns out they were at the opening of the OES Centre. Um, and years later, I would end up touring with, uh, with Snow Patrol and getting to know the lads. But yeah, I didn't know that at the time. So I was <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's the nice thing about Belfast you know if you get recognised the the bands like Snow Patrol like they're they're you know they, they, they'll get local bands to support them yeah. yeah that's the thing about like the Belfast scene I think like the the I don't know. It's weird. Like people don't really seem to be as taken by celebrity there. If you get what I mean, like it seems like everyone's yeah, yeah. still like part of see themselves sort of still as part of the community, no matter how big they get. If that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I was chatting to Duke Special there on Saturday night. He was part of this. Duke's a big, a big, a big, very well known. Yeah, yeah. Um, musician up here. Just chatting away. It doesn't even say. No, it's not. Yeah. There's no. There's no egos at all. Honestly, it's like any of the guys. Um. The bigger the bigger guys, you know, the Ash guys, they're they're not interested in uh, walking around like they fucking own the place. It's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the case at all. Maybe it maybe it is because Belfast is a smaller city and they just probably feel daft if they did it. But Dublin's bigger, like so maybe I don't know, maybe it's easier to be that kind of like that celebrity. There's a little uh, bit of that to certain areas. Like yeah. you don't see Bono just having like a point with like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, not to single him out. Like I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's kind of like I think if you're if you're big in in London, you can be the celebrity. But the whole being a celebrity thing doesn't really work. Everybody's just so sound. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And also, it's kind of nice to still just like be connected to the music scene anyway. You know what I mean? It's like uh, rather than just like sort of maxing yourself out there in terms of your celebrity status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I know, what maybe. Like. I know maybe if you're like Van Morrison, maybe. Yeah, oh yeah. Van Van, as I like to call him, because I don't know. Um yeah, I don't see I don't see him kicking about the OEM. Yeah, I think he might be the exception to the rule. They were yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but the rest of them, yeah, it just it feels like a nice little community. Like yeah. If any of the snow patrols walk snow patrol guys walked into the OEM center doing a gig, it would be like, all right, that's a scrack. And they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't want to be treated any other way. Like, you know what I mean? It's uh, they just they, they, I actually I kind of get the vibe that they want to be like they want to be in the music scene too. I remember I think I heard them saying that once. It was just like you know, just because they're around going around the world playing arena, it doesn't mean they're not a Belfast band. Yeah, you know they want to be one of the cool guys. <laughs> I, like, I like that. That's good. One thing I want to ask us because you mentioned that you lived in Edinburgh for a while. Um, yeah, what do you think of like the art scene there? Because like, I mean, I know I know Edinburgh is like you know UT, but actually like um, when I think of like the, the Scottish music scene, it seems to be more so centralized in Glasgow actually. Um, yeah. So I was wondering like um, how you felt like um, you fit in there because I know it's a big art scene, but is it a big music scene as well? Well, it's funny because as I said, my my well, wife then girlfriend is an artist, and we went over there to um live with and hang out with people that she met in in college in Dublin yeah so it was kind of straight into the into the art scene but I struggled I struggled finding yeah finding um, a music scene um because I know it's all it's all Glasgow and it's funny because absolutely love Glasgow bands you know like um 
Brighton Rabbit, Biffy Clyro. I just fucking love, I love them. So maybe if I was in Glasgow, I would have been hanging out with those guys. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that that is a reason why I kind of, um, I went to Belfast once I got that phone call because I did struggle finding people who were in bands or who would be in my band. It's very, I mean, it's a hard thing to do when you go over to a new city by yourself being like, hey, I write songs, be in my, my band. Yeah. You know? um, so there was a kind of a ready a ready made one for me in Belfast for going over. But yeah, I'm all definitely, as I've toured up and down the UK over the years, Glasgow is a fucking wild spot for, yeah. <laughs> for gigging like King Tots and all. Uh, yeah, similar but, to they like similar to Belfast, they have like just again every kind of size is accounted for in terms of venues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Glasgow people are just amazing. Uh yeah. and the Glasgow crowds are mental. And um, we've got some fans from, from Glasgow who've just been bad for years in whatever project they've stuck with us, you know. Yeah. Um and yeah, there's it's a very I think the Belfast people and the Glasgow people are are are, sim- are similar, you know, they're um they're mad in a way. <laughs> they, they, they love their tunes, and even though I love Edinburgh, like I I moved back to Edinburgh maybe later in life. I just I just love it. But you know, it's you know Edinburgh is going to be a much quieter gig than the Glasgow gig. Yeah. Um. And that's, sometimes isn't bad. <laughs> but sometimes isn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Glasgow's always a fucking joy. A, jo- a joy to play. We actually we toured. Uh, Melbourne toured toured with a few bands from Glasgow because I think there's a similar that whole rock scene. What kind of what we're doing with that anthemic and pure driven rock is that comes out of Belfast. Uh, that comes out of Glasgow a lot as well. Yeah, and like real kind of heartfelt. I don't want to say emo because you can't say emo anymore. But um, <laughs> emotional lyrics, you know, that uh, <laughs> get people by the uh, pulls at the heartstrings. I think that's. Yeah. Glasgow's really good at that too, and um, so, so some of my favorite bands are are Scottish bands. I'm a huge Biffy Clyro fan as well. <laughs> you can you can you know you could definitely tell that after like ten seconds listening to some of our songs. <laughs> you have to get your inspiration somewhere. You know what I mean? Let's talk about Pink Slips then. So yeah, um, man. How, how did how did this project kind of come about then? Well, um, it was so I was in, I was in a band called the Plastic Rolls for years. And uh, we did we some albums and tours and festivals. Anyway, we split up, and we had we were toying with the idea of so the, the band we all went our separate ways. We were toying with the idea of me starting her up again with with a couple of new members because I had kind of written enough of the songs that I could, you know, I could be the front man and you know keep writing. It's just because I was desperate to be in a rock band again. You know what I mean? Because. I'm a songwriter. I'm always writing songs. So once we broke up, I started doing um, solo acoustic stuff just because why not? I had nothing else to do. I didn't have a band. So I did a couple of albums as a solo as a solo artist. Um, but I was dying to get back to uh, being in a rock band again. But, you know, a few years out of the game, we realized that we just kind of slipped into our old habits and it just wasn't really working. But one of the guys who came in, to replace one of the uh, one of the other guys is is David from Pink Slips, and we kick we we hit it off really really well. He's just the nicest guy in the world and an unbelievable musician. So he plays lead guitar and backing vocals. He's gifted in 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 both areas. So he's 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 like he's a he's a two for one in the band. You know what I mean? He really is. And um, so even at time. We thought, right, well, the songs that we have are, are pretty good, but we know we can we can definitely, if we if we want to do this, we can just start a brand new band, write new songs. 
and that's exactly what we did. And we recruited, we auditioned a few people. Some some didn't work out too well. And eventually Shane on drums and Carol on bass came along. They've been playing together for years. They're just amazing together. And um, it's really hard to find a, a, a rhythm section who are just completely in sync. Like it's, you're talking feeling the same heartbeat type stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you can, yeah, it's, 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 they've just got such an amazing connection. And they really enjoyed the songs that we were writing, the style. They wanted to be in rock bands. Um, and I think they'd booked, you know, they'd been waiting for the right band to come along. And then, and that's how it started. And then we had, um, just, it was a great, like, that, that was, over three years ago, and we're only releasing our first um, single now. And yeah. the the idea first popped into my head six years ago. So it's crazy that this has finally happened because there have been so many times when we thought we are a cursed band; it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, COVID, which fuck you know for for everyone, that was a disaster. Um, but Shane had uh, Shane was born with a heart condition. Um, so anytime there was anything going around with COVID. You know, we were not practicing for weeks and um because underlying condition people had to fucking take extra care. Yep. And then just at the end of COVID, when everything was opening again and we were all getting back to work, uh, Shane then gets the phone call from his doctor saying, we need to get you in for an open heart surgery to replace your valve. Wow. So this is our this is our sob story. Yeah. Uh, so he literally, we had a gig planned and Jesus, that was nearly two years ago now, yeah. Um, and he he told us that, and that pretty much set us back another year because the surgery and then the recovery and just uh, getting back into the rhythm of things, it pretty much uh, set us back for another year. And um, yeah, and just just uh, then uh, there was a baby involved with a guitar player, uh, had a baby, and you know life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a lot, a lot of times where we just thought it's just not going to happen. So Friday is going to be a big, um, a real big deal for for us. And uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna probably party on Saturday once. Um, but we're doing we're doing a secret gig in Belfast. Actually, we're not announcing it till tomorrow. Um, <laughs> a, a free gig in the in the city centre and. Uh, It'll be a beautiful time, um, because yeah, just genuine. You know, you know, it's really frustrating when when you're when you're thinking to yourself, the thing that I do best in life, which I think is this kind of music, mm-hmm. I, I know I can do it, but the rest of the world aren't going to find out. It's very frustrating, you know, to not live um, uh, uh, to your full potential. Yeah, uh, and that was that was going to frustrate me. That was going to be tough mentally as well for me not to get that music out there so when as soon as people hear this song on friday i'm just gonna be like oh. whether you like it or not <laughs> i don't care because this is this is what i can do and i think it's fucking great because yeah. <laughs> as i say you know i've been really releasing music as a solo artist for years but it's just a different vibe like it's like you cannot beat that full band my voice really suits the rock and my songwriting suits the rock stuff and it's um, you know, the singer songwriter stuff is just something that I do for a bit of fun. So, Actually, yes, I. 
No, I was just gonna say. So, like, when when you kind of like start a new project, like Think Slips, like, um, I guess like there's this like um fresh slate kind of thing you have going on too. But is there uh, is it intimidating then to try and accrue um a fan base of um kind of new listeners or or, or new fans, or uh, do you find it kind of like um I don't know, just like um you have the benefit kind of of people who are kind of um pre-established fans while simultaneously having the freedom yeah. to do new things. No, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying because um. I haven't really. So my old band had a had a, had a really good following, but I haven't used their like our old socials or anything. I'm just we don't even mention the band in in our bio biographies or anything like that. It's it's like look if they find out they find out it's great. If they were fans of the band and then they they, they want to hop on here, that that's awesome. But we're just we're just letting Pink Pink Slips do its own thing and start from absolute scratch and hopefully. It'd be great if it did come along, um. But we're we're just looking to to get new fans, and I know there's there's people from the solo project I've, who are who are hopping on board with the rock stuff. But there's you know, just because you like acoustic music doesn't mean that you like the same guy strapping on a, an electric <laughs> and screaming into a mic instead of singing softly. Yeah. Um. So no, no, it's it's terrifying. I think it would have it would have been a lot easier, um. If I didn't bother me whole doing any of this, yeah. <laughs> I just I just got a, I just got a normal job. I forgot about it. My my life would be easier. <laughs> but unfortunately, I wrote a few songs and I thought they were great. And that was a few years ago. And I was like, "That's it. I ha- I can't rest until people hear these songs." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's very brave because you know most people in my position after having the kind of the the career um up to now would have been happy with that and been like yeah okay it's done had a, had a few good times and whatever but I never really wanted a plan B or you know and I know there's probably a load of people in Belfast who were just like dude will you just shut up and do something <laughs> um, so but because of the internet um, I'm not trying I'm not trying to bother those people anymore I'm trying to, trying to branch out and see if people from the rest of the massive world that we live in and yeah. um, if we could tap into that uh, that's kind of what we're going for now but yeah it's um just there's probably people who are just going jesus i can't believe he's fucking still at that and they'll either respect <laughs> me they'll either respect me massively or just be like jesus fucking christ <laughs> just does not know when they, yeah if there was a, 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 a an award for does not know how to start when to stop it, it would be me at the <laughs> but yeah it's um i'm confident i'm very confident um with this band and these and these songs, um, that you know, I w- I wouldn't have started this band if I didn't think it was going to be better than anything I've done before. Yeah. Why would I do that? That doesn't make sense to me. You know. Oh yeah, let's start. Like after all we've been through, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start a band that I think is not quite as good as the old band, but you know, you know, that's crazy. You know, yeah. I, I I had to think, and once these songs came along, I was like, okay, this is good. And the feedback I got from a few people. You know, they 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 have all kind of said that yeah, this is this is the strongest stuff you've you've ever been a part of, and I'm like, <laughs> so that's good. Well, of course they're going to say that anyway, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess like one of the final things I'll, I'll ask is actually just about your uh, debut song Youngblood. So, um, I was I was wondering like what um why did you choose this one as as the first kind of representation of the band? Yeah, good good question. Um. We kind of feel like it's it's kind of got a bit of everything in it, 
yeah. in like in three and a half minutes, um, straight away from the get go. It's it's big, it's heavy, but it's melodic straight away. The lyrics I feel are quite quite strong. You can kind of you, I'm painting a picture as I go along lyrically. I feel like, and I don't like to talk too much about like line to line, what every lyric means, because that I don't want to take anything away from the listener because I want them to, to to draw their own connections to the to the lyrics. Yeah. But they're good. I like them. They come from a good place. Uh, the chorus is massive. It's a huge anthemic chorus. Kind of, that's what we do. We do big choruses. Yeah. Um, it's not too heavy. It's not too light because we have we have heavier songs and we've got lighter songs. So it's just somewhere in the middle. And actually, I kind of feel like because we have stronger songs as well, which is not it's not putting young blood down. It's actually being a bit cocky. Yeah. Because the because I, I didn't want to put our best song out first because I was like, if we can draw people in with young blood, mm-hmm. imagine then what they're going to think of, you know, but I think we've got three or four songs lined up after this one, which is very important. You know, I think a lot of bands will, will get excited by a, a good song. I forget that they actually have to back it up. Yeah. So we <laughs> have that, we have that in, you know, we've, we've got singles that will get us through next year. No problem. I know we've got a really strong album, but, but that's, that's the reason um, we recorded two at the same, at the same time. And I think, we didn't know we, we even during that process we didn't know whether it was going to be young blood or ambidextrous we we knew they were going to be singles number one and two mm-hmm. but we didn't know what order and right <laughs> something happened it could have even been a, a simpler case like young blood was just <laughs> finished first actually <laughs> but let's just go with first answer because it's a bit more <laughs> <laughs> It seems a bit more delivery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like we had an actual fucking plan. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think before I went to the studio, I think I was thinking I'd like to do Young Blood first because I genuinely feel ambidextrous, which is the second single, is a banger, yeah. and it'd be nice to just get that momentum going. Well, you, I think we're playing Dublin in February. You're going to have to come down now. Yeah, well, yeah, where are you playing? Uh, I don't know yet. Okay. Um, our PR guy who you've been talking to, he's um, yeah. he's doing, but I know it's at the end of February, and we don't know we, we don't know too many people in Dublin, so I'm gonna have to get in the fucking call, calling all the relatives in Tala. Right? <laughs> Playing the Civic or something. Ah, my cousins are play, my my cousins have sold out the Civic Theater. Yeah, the Keeley the Keeley brothers they're called. Nice. Um, and they um they're doing a gig together because he does the pantos, you know the yeah every year. Uh, he's been doing them for years. Remember when they were in uh, the Olympia for years, and now now they're doing them in the Civic. So he's been doing them for years, and now uh, actually, and my, my cousin, my other cousin, has just been um he's just been crowned Tala Person of the Year at the award ceremony last week. <laughs> you're dealing with you're dealing with some serious fucking people here, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I'll be great with the Pacific. Oh, what, what the, you know what? The, the dragon, the dragon, and yeah, that. yeah, the dragon in, yeah. Ah, yes, yes, that's that's where they that's where they drink with the Al Porter, the good friends with Al mm. Porter. So, there you go, Tala, Tala, Tala. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Tala has a nice uh recently got like pretty nice uh practice space, like it's been there for I don't know, probably like the last decade and a half. The uh, Rural Red, which literally just opposite 
specific ah, it's nice. like a practice space where a lot of bands um kind of play you can it, it's just you know opposite the square so if you're coming ah, out shop, shopping and stuff you just hear doo, 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 doo. Ah, <laughs> just people practicing shit it's like it's pretty cool <laughs> it's funny because i remember i remember when i was when i was a kid leaving tala and uh, all tala was was a village yeah um and i remember they had the the foundations and uh, and that was it tala was just fields yeah and uh, and now you go and I can't. It's do you know what? And the, I remember it's so industrialized now. Yeah, yeah. The square was the square was massive when I was a kid, yeah. and now you can hardly fucking see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, so I do remember that because like that kind of area was like the kind of I guess the quote unquote industrial part. Of, yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say the city, whatever tell it is. Whatever. Oh, oh, look, if if Sligo was <laughs> a city, tell is definitely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, cheers for that, man. That was uh, that was awesome. Thanks very much. Perfect. I just had one last thing. I was just going to ask Sorry, what man. your plans are for 2024. Oh, yeah. So we've got uh, the second single ready to go. Yep. Uh, we are going to do um, a small tour. You know, and we're, we're, we're not deluded either. You know, we, we, all, we know that this, this, the first tour is going to be small, mm-hmm. but we just want to get out. Uh, we'd love to then... Um, try and hit hit up some festivals over the summer. We want to. I think when when you're starting out, it's very important to not be discouraged by not getting fancy emails every every week. It's like right, there's so much you can do, and we're not just a band. We're we're a label, and yeah. we're we're like a fucking multimedia company because we it's all these content things that we do, and there's so much work that you can do just as a band without getting those really exciting emails. So with the four of us together, um, we're, we, we'll, have, we'll have a plan of, we'll hit the studio again. We have a really great relationship with the guy, um, Alan McGreevy in Badlands Studio. So we'll be going back to him and we'll just tick away at, at, at recording an album throughout the year. And then whenever, you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully some festivals. And then I would imagine another tour at the end of the summer. But things, we're only concerned about the things that we can control ourselves. And that's what we can control. The nature of being in a band is that you do get those emails every now and then that say, do you want to do a fancy gig or do you want to be on this fancy show? So yeah. obviously I'd be fooling myself to think, to say that I wouldn't be hoping stuff like that comes in. Yeah. But also not disheartened if it doesn't, because, you know, you're, you, you, you can control being in a band so much more these days with the internet and the content and all the time. And we're, you know, we all know our stuff, you know, our drummer, you know, me and the drummer do editing and film. We have, we have some, we have a couple of nice, nice cameras that actually got because of um, COVID arts council money, like, you know, stuff like that. So we have, we have a lot of gear, we have our own studio. And so we can be very, very self-sufficient band and we can do our own, you know, that's the way we're looking at it. Like, how do we be how do how do we be a band without any help from anybody? And then if help comes along, well, number one, they better be fucking they, they better be better than us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're all big and ugly enough to take care of ourselves as a band. And um we 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 do look at it like it's a it's a job and it's a it's a, it's a business and which you have to, unfortunately, it's kind of not very sexy. But yeah, so that's it. We're gonna we're gonna do the things that that, that we can control and and just try and try and enjoy being in a band because we all you know i miss i miss not being in a band and still only getting to grips with like the daily routine of you know what do you do and i'm i'm a graphic designer as well so i do all our 
posters and cards and fucking banners and all this kind of shit. So we're, we're all able to pitch in and, you know, we're, we're not spending money making phone calls being like, oh, we need some posters that designed, we need a logo, stuff like that, you know, we're all able to kind of make it work and make it move. So, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I hope you'll get to a gig. Be great. I will. That'd be Fantastic. great. Because there's a very good, there's a very good chance that when we play Dublin, it'll be to the fucking the Sandman. You know what I mean? So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man, for your time and uh, best luck with the single on uh, Friday. Cheers. Well, can I get a little bit of? Um, I'm just gonna. I do a, a Jerry a Jerry Cam thing <laughs> on Instagram, and uh, this is uh, you're you're gonna be on it. There you go. Because we wait there. Perfect. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's kind of like a my point of view thing. It's silly. If you go onto our Instagram, there's like three of them there. It's just me being fucking <laughs> me, me being a fucking agent. Like, uh, you know. well, look, have a good day, man. I'll cheers for that. Really appreciate it. And let's know when she's up. I'm sure we'll spread it all over the internet. Perfect. Take care. Imagine. Cheers, dude. Thank you for listening to that episode of postburnout.com interviews. If you liked it, please subscribe and stick around because we have plenty more like this coming soon.